0: Hello and welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Joe Chung and Mark Osterman are here, and we have a great show for you this week. Let's talk about the post pandemic world, especially when it relates to travel and miles and points. What do we expect over the next 12 to 18 months, and what are our plans and strategies going forward? Plus, We'll talk a little Orlando. Joe just came back. He stayed at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress. We'll talk about which Hyatt Regency in Orlando is best, Kennedy Space Center, what you can expect when visiting there. And then we'll dive into what the MTM Patreon is. We thought we would talk a little bit about it to explain exactly all the bonus content, the meetups, the community, what exactly you get if you join our Patreon. We also have rapid fires and more, so stick around. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe. MTMPodcast.com is where you can go for that, or just search Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. And if you are interested in our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. We just put eight meetups on the books for the next couple of years all around the country and even one in Mexico. Hope to see you guys there. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. What's up, gentlemen? Uh, Joe, good to see you back in your office. But you you were just out of town. How long were you down in Florida?
1: Yeah, I was down there for three nights, left Tuesday afternoon and came back on Friday at night. So back at it again.
0: And uh, just like Ian hates Las Vegas, you hate uh, Orlando, right? You just go there so often uh, just just to put it down.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ian was complaining in our uh, work slack group that he hates Las Vegas, and I was like, if you hate Las Vegas, why do you go like six times a year? And so I just joked with him that I hate Orlando, I'm just there half a dozen times per year, you know? Like, you can make these decisions yourself, Ian. I'm just kidding, I'm pretty sure he goes there like, for work, but We're still. like the
2: exact opposite. I'm not a fan of Disney or the parks, like, it's just... Too hot, too much work, too exhausting, but I love Orlando because it's kind of like the family Vegas with all these gimmicks and tricks and cool hotels and lots of dining options and all that stuff, so we actually like going to Orlando just to go to Orlando, which I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of it, but I find it that there's so much to offer when you're there and you don't even need to have a car or anything because a lot of stuff is right around hotels depending on which one you pick, so kind of funny. Mark, I want to clarify that you understand that I'm being sarcastic
1: when I say I hate Orlando. <laughs> I, just I, just, don't I know. just.
2: I assumed that was I, weird, but.
1: I just want to make sure. Like, I was making fun of Ian for going to Las Vegas all the time, even though he hates it, but I was being sarcastic. You know, I'm oh, just saying, that, like. Well,
2: I thought you could. I mean, I could see people legit hating the city of Orlando, just like the traffic and I, all I that. I guess
0: that's fair. I, I need to work on my jokes, as we all know. So, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of Disney fans do hate Orlando, though. I, I It's a pretty common complain I see they're they're the opposite of you Mark they love Disney or love the you know but they hate the Orlando tourism kitschy all that stuff but I I like it I agree with you it's sort of like the Vegas for family so uh so I like that and I'm always jealous because it's so easy for Joe to just pop down there being an east coaster and all I'm feeling pretty good about your
1: chances to get to Disneyland this uh summer Sean everything you know really feels like Things are turning, things are opening up. I mean, Massachusetts just announced uh, before we got started, Mark was talking about how there are still like bar regulations in Michigan. But uh, Massachusetts and New York just announced that a lot of the regulations, if not all, are going away except for like on public transport and stuff like that. So I think you'll get to Disneyland and you're as close to Disneyland as I am to Orlando or maybe even more so.
0: Yeah, it's probably a little easier for me to get to Disneyland because it's only four hours by car. So anytime you can drive somewhere, I think it's a, a little bit easier than than getting on a plane. But we have a lot to talk about, I think, including sort of the post-pandemic world, as I think this week was the first time, not the first time, but this week we got more of a look as to sort of the timeline that we're going to be seeing restrictions lifted. And there's a lot of confusion, I think, between where you have to wear a mask, what the rules are, what the federal government's rules are, local rules, how that's going to affect travel, and You know, there's a lot of considerations, I think, for people in this hobby and what, you know, what they're they're looking to do. And, you know, I I could see a a situation where people sort of just sit back and relax and don't plan trips. And then they really are out of luck when they really want to take a trip when things are, are back open. But let's start with this, Joe. So the CDC changed their guidance related to masks last week. What exactly did they say to kind of that changes the world of travel? Yeah, like the bottom line is
1: the CDC said that if you're fully vaccinated, you do not for most for the most part need to wear a mask anywhere except for where local guidelines or private businesses say that you do. But like the science is in if you're fully vaccinated in general, you're not going to be, quote unquote, shedding virus, which is a term they use to just say like. You're not going to be able to transmit to others. You're very low or very low probability of transmitting to others, very low probability of getting sick yourself. So the CDC was like, you know, you don't have to worry about wearing masks anymore. I should say one more time that if a local government or a local business says you have to wear a mask, you still have to wear the mask. Like this is just the CDC's recommendation and states are changing the recommendations and their guidelines based on what the CDC said. Now, what has happened is a lot of businesses have really been changing their policies very quickly. And the big news, of course, theme park-wise is I don't know of any theme park that still has outdoor mask requirements anymore, Sean. You might know you know more of the theme parks, but definitely the big ones, Disney World, Universal, SeaWorld, I think the Six Flags as well, they've all said if you're outdoors, you no longer have to wear a mask. And some of them say you have to be fully vaccinated to do that. Some of them don't say whether you need to be vaccinated or not, but the reality is it's honor system. So... For all intents and purposes the outdoor mask mandates at all theme parks and a lot of other places are gone
0: yeah talking about theme parks that's kind of a good comparison to the rest of the world you have places like california which still have a mask mandate so all of the parks in california are still requiring masks outdoors but you have the greater cdc guidance so most states have already gone to loosen up and that's happened i know here in nevada uh, vegas almost overnight i think went maskless In fact, I was at an event with the mayor of Las Vegas last week for like an opening and it was right as the CDC guidance came down and nobody had a mask. It's just like everybody was waiting to rip them off. You know, before we go into like what the real world implications are for travel because you still are required to wear a mask while you're on an airplane, for example, how have things just in the last couple of days changed in Michigan, Mark?
2: Yeah, I think the Detroit Tigers on Friday came out and said, you don't have to wear a mask in the stadium. They still are capacity limited like 10,000 fans out of the 40,000 something like that but they had required masks at all times in the stadiums and now it's mask free and even I went golfing on Sunday and they put a sign up on the door it said if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask inside so that was kind of unique <laughs> so I walked in there and it felt uh felt good um to do that so it does seem like things are picking up I'm not sure that I'm a huge fan of this because I think it puts a lot of pressure on businesses, you know, if they want to make that decision. I think there's going to be a lot of fighting like we saw early on when masks mandates came out because they're going to say, hey, CDC said I don't need to, you know, type of thing. It should have just been like no masks or all masks. Like I I just don't like that they're leaving it up. They're kind of just pushing the buck down the field and saying, hey, as a political thing, uh, our politicians are tired of getting crucified either for doing it or for not doing it. So we're just going to say we're going to leave it up to the individual businesses And they have no way of checking people if they are worried about it. They can't physically check vaccinated cards and stuff. It's just not going to happen. So basically, it's no masks. Like Nobody's going to wear them for the most part because I know it's an honor code, but most people are probably not going to be honorable in that sense. So uh, I'm not sure that I agree with the way they rolled it out. I don't have a problem with them doing it. I just think it should have just been when you're ready, you just say it's all gone like be done with it be interesting there'll be a lot of uh karen videos i think popping up over the next couple weeks
1: i mean there already were some this weekend what up schroeder but um (laughs) i think i i I agree like i don't disagree with the move i think the science backing it is sound i just think the implementation is a little bit of a mess that being said maybe it was going to be a mess no matter what it definitely could have been better but i'm not sure Like, there's only a certain amount of better it could have been. It was going to be a mess no matter what when you open things up and when you implement them. And thinking about it, like, you can't really say we've seen this as, again, theme parks have, like, relaxed guidelines. You can't say we're going to relax these guidelines in five days because once you say... Like It's like if you're in your class and you're like, okay, you can start putting your stuff in your bags. Once the kids put the stuff in their bags, they're going to get get up and they're going to be at the door ready to go. So once you say like, oh, masks are going to go away in five days, people are just going to start taking off their masks. So there's, there's kind of like no way to gradually do it. We should note that none of this stuff applies to transportation for the most part like on planes and stuff like that that's still going to be required by the faa is that the government organization so none of that has changed but i think it'll take a couple weeks and then everyone will get used to everything and then we'll just move on it'll
2: just be interesting like you could go from one store to the next store and you don't know what the policy is going to be until you kind of like get in there really because they might still have the sign up but not enforcing it and so it'll just be an interesting few couple weeks i think this will move quickly that uh, a lot of states will start to drop a lot of their mandates quickly. For Michigan, it was like 70% vaccinated and then there's no mandates at all. I think we're in the 50s and it's moving pretty slowly, so it could take a while to get there. I expect that to be dropped and just updated without hitting the 70%, but that's just a guess on my part at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to to get back to to normal life, to remember what normal was before, and as long as it's safe and the science supports it to sort of push in that direction. And, you know, having been out in public the last couple of days in a place like Vegas, where like, like I said, seemingly the mask thing just went completely away overnight. I mean, it does feel good to be in public with people, you know, showing their face and I'm comfortable being fully vaccinated, that I'm safe and that I'm not putting others at risk. I'm also okay if people want to wear masks to protect themselves and do that for themselves. I will. Uh, Fully support anybody who wants to do that, and uh, it's good. But let's pivot to talk about how is this going to change the hobby? As we really are sort of getting out of the pandemic, we can kind of see the light. Policies are changing. We've seen a huge crush on travel this summer, and that's not going to change. But what should people be doing out there in this hobby? You know, planning travel, planning their earnings. What should they be doing differently as we come out of the pandemic? Should they be planning further advance? Should they be sort of looking to off the beaten track uh, tourist spots. I mean, what what are you guys going to do? I would say, first and foremost, that if
1: you want to fly, maybe you want to lock in your prices right now, especially for me as a JetBlue Mosaic. I am locking in my flights for August immediately because flight prices are crazy. They have not... Re added all the frequencies that they used to have. And so, with supply and demand, the demand is just higher than the supply right now. So, in the past, you know, flying down, flying wherever out of Boston, I could wait till like a month out, maybe even two weeks out, and get a decent price, uh, especially on JetBlue. Again, as a mosaic, I have a lot more flexibility there, but it has been rough. Uh, you know, planning last minute travel is really hard. So, I would say if you want to fly, book early, especially domestically. Internationally, it's probably still okay. Um, The demand isn't there yet. But I would say book your flights early. And then the other thing I would say is maybe, just like last year, still consider doing more road trips just because of the supply and demand of flying. Uh, Even if you're ready to fly and comfortable flying, I don't know. the, The prices are crazy. And since so many of the domestic programs, the miles cost is linked to the cash cost, you're not saving any money by using miles anyway. Or it's, it's still expensive. I don't know. What do you think, Mark?
2: Yeah, we saw over the weekend, uh, Hawaiian's airline system com- completely crashed because there was a lot of people trying to get on there and book things. So we've talked about this. The ramp up to travel is going to gonna be bumpy. We're seeing that everywhere. Christopher had a great post in the Facebook group about he was trying to get to Greece and connections and stuff. And the airlines didn't even know the airport's rules. So we called the airport directly. And they're like, yeah, you don't need a test if you're just transitioning through. But United had told him he did. So there's all these things like nobody really knows what's going on and things move at a quick pace, which travel companies usually don't. So that's something to be worried about with your travels. Prices are definitely higher. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, prices for even a Vegas flight. I need to book is like $500 one way, which is insane. And then Danny's writing up an article today, actually about, uh, the amount of unused miles in, you know, the award programs throughout the U S. How much dollar figure do you think that is, Joe? What would be your guess?
1: I don't know, but I saw the headline. It was billions of miles. I saw that.
2: $27.5 billion worth of miles are unused from stockpiled from the last year and a half or so. So you think about that. That's a huge influx of miles that would be coming in to be used so i think prices are going to be high for a while because they know they can get them and i also think that that means the devaluations are going to roll in heavy because that's on their balance sheet that's a you know an asset that they have that or a liability that they have so i have assuming that they're you know if people can't get through them or use them they're going to start to tweak the program so they're not worth as much so that's something that we have to be cautious of. Last point I'll make is, you know, a lot of these airlines have made it, you know, that you can cancel award bookings during the pandemic. And it's kind of rolled on. They say it's going to be forever, but, you know, we know, it's going to be like a year or whatever. Whenever they get back to regular travel, they're you know, regular levels, they're going to cancel that. But that's good for this where you can book far out. If the price drops, you can cancel, rebook, that type of thing. So take advantage of that. That's the only way you might be able to get a deal these days.
0: I mean, on the flip side, there are tons of deals to be had still. And that's sort of like the interesting thing we're seeing everywhere. Vegas is a good example of that. There are times where the prices at Vegas are higher than they've ever been in the history before COVID anything. And the demand is that high too. But then there's off periods of time where it's not busy. And that's going to be the case anywhere in the country. So if you're going to you know, Mount Rushmore on the 4th of July, it's going to be worse than it's ever been. And that was never a good place to visit on the 4th of July because the crowds... It's going to be the same place everywhere. But uh, because we still have this unevenness, we still have a lack of international travel, you're going to find places where there are good deals and we should certainly be looking for those. That's what I'm going to be trying to look for. But yeah, I mean, devaluations are coming. They're coming big. They're going to be painful and we should all expect them. And we shouldn't be, you know, hoarding our miles and points. People say you should, you know, earn and burn all the time. But I don't know that that's always the best strategy. I think some sort of balance with earning and burning is good but in this case if there's a trip you want to take and the it's the price makes sense to you now and you can find space i say you know put it down book it and uh, and do what you can because uh, those miles and points that you've been hoarding the last year while you're not traveling are going to become worth less and uh, that is certainly going to happen mark mark and i think i think we both agree joe probably too it's going to come fast and hard and it's going to be brutal
1: yeah you saying that there are still deals to be had did remind me that when I'm talking about flight prices, those have seemed super high. But in general, there are still tons of hotels out there and those aren't completely filled up yet. So there are definitely deals to be had hotel wise. Um, And in fact, sometimes miles and points are not as good of a deal for hotels. Well, I think you should just use them anyway, but you're not getting as much value as you had in the past just because the hotel prices aren't that expensive. I think you know, you saying that Sean makes me think that if you have some local places that you've wanted to visit, like for us, it's like Maine, for example, what you can do is you can kind of monitor prices and I can go to a Maine last minute because it's a five hour drive away. So you can do last minute road trips and find good hotel prices and do stuff like that. But I think last minute plane trips is at least in April and May, because I was looking to go to places last minute. In fact, the reason why I was in Florida is because I canceled our trip that was going to be to california and so i was looking for last minute flights to florida that is uh, a
0: little bit harder so you know look at those road trips look for those hotel deals yeah and there will still be deals there will still be plenty of opportunity the the world isn't over and even though there's a crush of people out there it does feel good to be around people and we're seeing that in vegas where it's so crowded and it's like sort of a double-edged sword do you you kind of miss the the low crowds but uh, it's good to be around people. So let's talk about Florida, Joe, because you went and stayed at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress. I know that's a hotel that Mark and I have both stayed at before. So we're both pretty familiar with it. And uh, how uh, how are things down there? All right. First of all, I have no desire for there to be a lot of people. Okay. I just want to say that that's Sean speaking for Sean. I'm saying I'm it's happy good with... to be around people. I'm not saying that I want to be in a place where there's a million people. No, no. I, I'm good to be around As someone who was at an, no an event people. last week, like I wasn't expecting just at an event, just being around people. It's 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 good to see, especially seeing people's faces and and knowing that we can uh, all live in the same world again. I don't know. I'm no. I agree to hope. hope.
1: I I agree to disagree. I I love I love being on the internet. I love seeing you guys like this. This is the way. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that all that all being said, I'm I'm mostly being tongue in cheek. Um, but you know I'm in, generally an introvert, so. Uh, Yeah, so Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress. I mean, part of the reason why I booked it was because I talked to you, Sean, about it. Like I said, I booked this last minute. I was like two weeks out when I decided to go. And Sean, you had so many good things to say about the hotel that um, I wanted to book it. So since we're gonna be talking a lot about my trip, I'd love to hear just kind of why you enjoy the hotel. I mean, you talked it up to me. So you know, let's talk it up for our listeners.
0: Oh, that means that Joe may not have uh, may not have liked it. Oh no, <laughs> I, really I, liked, want, it. I have, liked it. I liked
1: it. I liked it. I just don't want it to be a the Joe show, you know.
2: Well, I have one one major question gripe about that hotel is it has a beautiful pool area, really cool, like caverns, massive pool. But it was the last time I stayed there; it was not heated, and this was June, which it was hot out. But you get in and you couldn't be in the big pool for more than five minutes, and your your teeth are chattering. So, I've I've heard back and forth. Like some people have said it's heated now. Other people have said no. So I don't know. Did you notice? Did you dip your toe in? I saw that
1: before. I think I read on
2: Disney tourist blog, they
1: complained about that. So I saw that before we went and I did notice that it did not feel heated. However, I did swim by a couple of jets that felt like mildly heated, but they were like really few and far between. So I would say that if that pool is heated, it's like barely heated. Now we came from Massachusetts where it was like 40 degrees two days before we left. So our bodies were fine and acclimated. And actually it was only like seventies the days that we were swimming, but we were okay. My daughter who gets cold really easily, easily was fine in the water. But I do think that's a complaint because in the winter, that pool is like close to useless because it's not heated and it's a beautiful pool. It's huge. It's got a nice slide. The little suspension bridge that you could go over, and C was closed, I'm sure it'll be open again soon, but that was closed off while I was there. But other than that, the pool is great, it looks great, it's a lot of fun
0: to swim through the caves, but especially in the caves, it's like cold in there, there's no sun. The pool is the biggest thing that just baffles me. That hotel isn't brand new, so they've had this cold pool problem for a long time, and they haven't fixed it. And to your point, they do have the little pool where the water slide is, I believe, is heated, whereas the main pool is not. The main pool is giant, it's this beautiful resort pool, You could put this in any beautiful like, luxury hotel and and you would love it, and it's ice-cold, or at least it is to me. There's three Hyatt Regencies in Orlando. There's one in the airport, which is great if you ever have a flight out of there. There's one off International Drive, which is the one I stayed on my last trip. And then there's Grand Cypress, where I've stayed a few times before. I like all three of those hotels. I think I like the rooms a little bit better at the one on International Drive, but no complaints about the rooms in Grand Cypress. The main thing I like about that property is there's so many interesting things to do. There's a lake where you could do like paddle boarding. There's a beach. There's, of course, the pools. It's just a nice area to walk around. Um, when you walk inside, it has this giant atrium. To me, it feels like a Hawaii resort. Like I've, I've walked into, you know, I've gone to a different place where now I'm on a resort, I'm on vacation, and that hotel gives me that feeling every time I walk in there. And so, I like it for that. Um, It used to have... Uh, one of the, I'd say, one of the worst sort of Regency clubs in the country. I mean, it was as basic a Regency club as you could get. But, you know, I like the ability to be able to get, you know, light drinks and snacks there and great views, too. There's views of the fireworks at Disney when they're going on and you can see some of the Disney property. So and it's only, what, two, three minutes from downtown Disney or Disney Springs. Sorry, if you're driving. Yeah, so don't say
2: downtown I, Disney. Come on. I, I, I say it every time like,
1: on purpose. <laughs> Downtown downtown you, do you, you or do myself. you not have a podcast about Disney called Disney Hacks,
2: which everyone should
0: subscribe? Wait, wait, to wait, Institute. wait. I did say downtown Disney, Disney Springs. I said it both in the same <laughs> sentence. So. Yeah.
2: Disney, give it, give it his proper. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, the location,
0: the, the resort, uh, it, it all works for me. Although I will say the Hyatt Regency on International Drive has an equally beautiful pool that's heated to 90 degrees.
2: I would put the International Drive as my favorite Regency in Orlando walk-in pool. It's got a water slide. It's not as picturesque, but it's like a zero-entry pool, heated, has a little waterfall and a separate side pool, has cabanas, which I didn't know until Sean got one for free because he broke a pipe in his room on purpose or something. (laughs) As he does. Yeah. But I also love it um, because... I know a lot of people don't like International Drive. It's a lot of chain restaurants and stuff. But if you're traveling, I do like being there. You can walk to a lot of stuff. You can walk to a lot of restaurants, uh, stores, shops. There's also a trolley that goes up and down International Drive that's actually really cool. And not a lot of people use it or know about it. It's a couple bucks and you can ride, hop on, hop off type of thing. So I put that first. I actually like the the one at the airport probably better. <laughs> second which is weird but i do like that you have access to everything in the airport because most of the stuff is before security so you can go eat and stuff while you're there it's perfect if you're flying out early in the morning or if you land late and the the rooftop pool is pretty cool because you can watch planes taking off while you're swimming and they do have drink service that they'll bring up to you that you can call in so even though the pool there's really small I've we've always had a good time there so until they heat that big pool i kind of find grand Cypress is overpriced and, and useless even though there is a lot to offer, rock climb, putt-putt, all that type of stuff. But, you know, you're in Florida, you want to go swimming. And if you can't use the the majority of the pool, it's kind of worthless to me.
1: Yeah, I was debating booking the airport one because we spent one of our days going to Kennedy Space Center and Brevard Zoo, which is out in Melbourne. Like, so like an hour east of Lake Buena Vista. But I uh, ended up not doing it. Maybe I should have talked to Mark before. I went instead but i wanted to check out the grand Cypress since um, everyone talks about it now the nice thing about all three of those high regencies is they're only category threes so i used two of my free nights and you know twelve thousand points for the third night and so that was uh, pretty great now a couple of funny stories i inquired uh, about a suite upgrade as a globalist and they put me in a junior suite which was really nice and then as a globalist You know, technically, as a resort, you're not entitled to the 4 p.m. checkout, uh, the late checkout, but I asked for it and they gave it to me for 1.30 p.m. I declined to say that I worked for Sean Coomer, who has stayed at thousands of hotels and that uh, he always gets 4 p.m. late checkout at High Regency Grand Cypress. Um, And so I just took the 1.30 p.m. checkout and was happy with it. I mean, I'll take any late checkout. Um, Beggars can't be choosy. And so... It was uh, very well located for the parks. I think, Mark, maybe because you don't like going to the parks, it's not as big a deal, uh, the location. But again, as a globalist, having the parking fee waived was a huge deal, resort fee waived as well. Um, And so that was really helpful. So the Grand Cypress was really nice.
2: Did you drive to the park? Because they do have, I don't know if they still have buses, but they used to have like a twice a day bus that you could hop on. And that's how we went to the parks when we were there, which was nice to have. Usually, like, if we go to the other Hyatt, we'll just Uber there, which is also very nice because they just drop you off at the front door versus parking and walking all that extra distance. But I'm assuming you rented it because you knew you were going to drive to the uh, Kennedy Center. So, yeah, yeah. so we drove to the parks and uh, it worked out fine.
1: Uh, So Kennedy Space Center and Brevard Zoo. So originally in California, we were going to go to the zoo in L.A. and also to La Brea Tar Pits. I think I mentioned it here, but... Like I said, we ended up canceling, but when I was looking for a new place to go, my wife's kind of stipulation was she wanted us to stay on the East Coast or stay on a flight like three or three hours or less. And then my daughter's stipulation is she wanted to see a ton of animals. So I looked up like kind of top 25 zoos in the country. And so Brevard Zoo, which is a smaller zoo, but it's in Melbourne, Florida, which, like I said, is about an hour away from all this stuff in Orlando, kept coming up on these lists. And so I was like, well, Jess, I could uh, go back to Orlando, but I know you hate it when I go there. And she's like, fine, whatever, just go. So that's kind of why we (laughs) ended up going to Orlando.
0: I think if you're a a zoo near Orlando, you got to kind of step up your game, right? Because you have Animal Kingdom there. You have Busch Gardens not far away. Even Gatorland is an amusement park down there. So, yeah, I think that. So what did it did it measure up to uh, its reputation?
1: Yeah, it was a really great zoo. You know, what I really liked about it is when you go to a lot of zoos, they are just really expansive and there's like a ton of walking to go from animal to animal. But Brevard Zoo was very well designed. It's kind of like a um, hub and spoke situation where there's like a central area where you walk around in a little circle and then you have these spurs that go off and each one is like a different climate and stuff like that. And so it was a lot of fun. My daughter loved it. I- you can buy a piece of romaine lettuce for $2 to feed a giraffe, which she said was the highlight.
2: That's really cheap for most of charge like a $40 fee to be able to do that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I paid the $2. She grabbed the lettuce and she started
1: running away. And I was like, hey, I just paid $2 for this. You better wait for me to get my camera out. Okay.
0: okay. You can't do this you That's can't good do money this I'm free. spending. Yeah. That's good money that I'm spending. On I this, only did uh, this for the uh, for the Instagram. All right. I only uh, yeah. paid the $2 so we could
1: post this to the gram. I will say that it was, I mean, I got a shot of the giraffe, like looking straight head on at me three or four feet away. So that was, that was pretty cool. So yeah, it was a really well-designed zoo. If you have younger kids, there was this whole kind of toddler preschool like, splash play area that was combined with like, they had some tanks with fish next to it so that the kids, it's all waiting pool size. Um, So it's not, not like they're swimming or anything like that. So ton of fun. If you have younger kids, the food options, of course, weren't amazing. We ended up eating food somewhere else but yeah it was a great zoo Uh, we had a lot of fun there and then we went to kennedy space center as well which we're not huge space nerds but they did have i didn't realize this they did have a simulator of you like taking off in a space shuttle and that was a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun walking around there there were some Pretty cool, dramatic moments that they had at Kennedy Space Center. But yeah, in general, those two places were great. We also spent a day at Animal Kingdom, again, with the animal theme, but we don't need to worry about the Disney stuff there. You can check out Disney Deciphered uh, if you want to hear
0: about that. I was at uh, Kennedy Space Center the year they opened that simulator. Clearly a, an effort to to compete with Disney a little bit. I remember it was like 2007, but it was uh, pretty fun. And I actually like it a little bit better than uh, its counterpart over in Epcot. Oh, yeah. Mission space garbage.
1: My daughter, I mean, we got into that line. It was weird going to Kennedy Space Center because I hadn't done any research, so I didn't even know what was there. And so we got into that line, and I did not realize it was a simulator until, like, we were at the pre-show. And so, (laughs) you know, they keep joking about how, like, oh, there could be, things could go wrong when you're taking off, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, um, you know, whenever they mention the Challenger, that always gets me. And, you know, they had a nice moment about that in the pre-show as well. And so my daughter was, like, getting nervous, like, the whole time because, you know, they do it well in the pre-show. They were, like, building it up. Thinking and then, it was legit? <laughs> not not thinking it was legit, but just, like, what is this experience going to be like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the really cool thing is you feel like you're getting into something like Star Tours, like a, you know, a normal simulator. But you're taking off in a shuttle, so they, like, lean you all the way back so that you're, you know, you feel like you're lying down. I don't, I mean, maybe they actually do it. I don't know if they, it's, I don't know if it's a trick that they're playing with gravity or whatever so you know so we were leaning like feeling like we we're lying down feeling like we we're looking up quote unquote and she was like really nervous <laughs> so it's pretty funny but you know she said it was her favorite thing at kennedy space center when all was said and done so it was a lot of fun
2: what uh what was the cost for
1: both the thing is i went to both those things in one day and it cost us cheaper than like a one day ticket to disney World. So. I would say so, so the still zoo had to take out a mortgage to to, to do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So the zoo was $24 before tax for adults, I think 19 for kids, and Kennedy was 57 and 47. Both you could probably have spent a whole day at, but you know, we were kind of moving kind of quickly. It was also wasn't super crowded, so we didn't have to wait in line for anything. You know, we had a good day um doing both things
2: were there any did you even look to see if there's any hotels that are worthwhile out that way versus driving back and forth
1: yeah i did so you know there is stuff out there there's um i think there are some Radisons, which yeah i guess i could have finally used those <laughs> radisson points
2: <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but
1: uh the but the whole goal was to be close enough to the disney orbit to tell just that, uh, you know, I had gotten pulled in by the force of its gravity and had to go to Animal Kingdom. So plus I wanted to, I mean, plus people have been talking about the Grand Cypress for so long. I want to check it out for myself. We did both in one day. We couldn't, we would not have to, like our original plan was to drive out there twice. After driving out there once, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this another day. So we're, we're just going to hit both in the same day because it is like an hour both ways. Um, you know, we listened to a lot of brains on podcasts, learned a lot more about animals on the way there and back, but there's definitely stuff out there because there's, it's right by Cocoa beach. And I think a lot of people go out
0: there to like, hang out on the beach and stuff too. So, you know, there's all that stuff out there. If you want to hang. I stayed at a Radisson in uh, Melbourne, Florida, believe it or not the, the Radisson there using a, using my points to try to burn them a few years ago. It wasn't anything fancy, but it was right on the water. So like you, you looked out and there wasn't much of a beach, like there wasn't much of a sand beach. Uh, but you were right on top of the sand. So it was really neat to to stay there. So the Radisson in Melbourne, Florida, if you don't want a fancy room, but you want some great ocean views, that's actually a pretty good value too, if I remember right on points. So nice, just a, just a data point there. Melbourne. And then Melbourne. there's also up near Kennedy Space, there's all kinds of uh, hotels up near the cruise port and, and all that uh, as well. And then as you head up towards Daytona, there's all kinds of places to stay if you want to get out there as well. But it sounds like a a really cool trip and glad you finally got to try Grand Cypress. I think for me, the the location thing is for the Hyatts there, it's just where I'm going to be. If I'm going to Disney, it's going to be Grand Cypress. If I'm going to SeaWorld or Orlando, uh, or Universal or I Drive, it's going to be the Hyatt Regency, Orlando. And then, of course, if I have a flight, nothing better than waking up for an early flight and you're already sleeping in the airport in a comfy bed in a Hyatt. So that's uh, that's always a good uh, good novelty. Yeah, so- I really want to check out that hotel just for avgeek nerd purposes i
1: mean i'm not even an Geek, but i think it'd just be super cool to just be there yeah,
2: especially if you get a balcony overlooking
0: the runway and stuff it's pretty cool yeah one of the cooler airport uh, airport locations and i guess next time one of us stays there we should, we should talk about it a little bit more when it's fresher in our mind I, and i know mark and i both stayed there but uh, it's definitely worth uh, highlighting a, at another time so let's let's move on i know that we talk a little bit about patreon and our our patreon here on the podcast, we mention it, but I thought we haven't in a long time really talked about what we're offering with Patreon and what the what it is and what people would get from it and why people may not want it. And I thought we would just talk about that for a couple minutes here. Mark, you know when we started the Patreon, what was it like five, six months maybe before, maybe just a couple months before COVID started.
2: Uh, I think it was January. So okay, it was so yeah,
0: so it's two months, couple, like two two months <laughs> Some before good timing for sure. World shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic timing on our part, but we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to not only share sort of the knowledge of the MTM team, and we have you know amazing groups of contributors that are on the site, if you read the website, and some of them have guest hosted here as well. We wanted to be able to share all of that, but we also wanted to build a community to have fun. I mean, Mark is uh, all about fun for sure. And, yes. and getting together in person and, and sort of celebrating this hobby is what our Patreon really was about to start. Now, of course, COVID got in the way, which kept us from meeting up and sort of hurt the community a little bit. But then, I mean, the people in the group, I think, have stepped up and we have built a pretty good community, even though we haven't had our, our first meetup. Right?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good group of people, uh, very knowledgeable, and they all are willing to help each other out, which is great. And a lot of them have known each other in the space for for years and years. So they already have some bonds and friendships built. And then some new people added and one of my favorite we do a couple shows you know every week sometimes twice a week once a week depending we have five or six different shows that we do specifically like a podcast video podcast type of format and my favorite one is the diamond member spotlight that we do where we bring on a different member each month and interview them and hear about their travels and just kind of everybody gets to know them and chats and jokes it and joins in on the fun of the whole experience so i think that's really cool and i think it's been Really unique uh, in that aspect that everybody seems to get along, everybody hangs out, which is kind of tough these days in Facebook groups, as if you notice if you spend time in them, that they can get a little edgy. I guess you could say people get a little short with each other. So I really look forward to that. Our first meetup is in August. We're going to Denver for the weekend. Going to be a social thing. Down the line, we want to you know mix in some stuff with presentations and everything, but uh, the first few are going to be social just because we don't know what the rules are when we're going and what will change and all that. So looking forward to that. Hopefully once everything's back to normal well, going forward, we're going to try to do one meetup each quarter, try to do one international destination throughout the year. So one of those four will be at something international. I think Mexico City's high on our list as an option uh, next year. So I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I know everybody's been pent up and, and waiting to get together. And then whenever we're in a city, or if somebody's visiting each other's city people meet up which is really cool like han from chicago was in detroit visiting family and we got a, a couple of the members together and had dinner together and everything so i look forward to that i had one member pick me up from the airport and drive me to the other airport and we hung out and had a meal so it's always a good time and that's what's cool about it i think you get to know people and no matter where you go there's somebody there that you probably already know which makes it nice
0: Yeah, the social aspect, I think, is so important, and especially as we get into this new world and we're able to do the meetups, it's a huge focus for us. I think the other thing that you mentioned that's really important to me personally is the atmosphere there, keeping it positive, keeping people from, you know, yelling, like you say, there's Facebook groups where people are always at odds with each other, where the moderators are pitting people against each other, or that's just not how we do it. We're trying to keep it positive and fun, but for people looking to learn more, kind of like you, you hinted at, we have a lot of content as well. So we have a private discord server. So that think of discord, kind of like Slack, if you've ever used Slack, but it's a chat program with different rooms to talk about different things. We also have our diamond Facebook group. So if you prefer Facebook, we communicate there, and that's where we stream our shows every week. We do a Zoom chat every once a month. We do a Facebook chat uh, once a month, and then we do our shows. We have a show all about spending. We have the show, like Mark said, where we talk about a member each month, Diamond Spotlight. I do a show where I interview uh, people from, from outside the hobby uh, each month. This month, I'm doing a deep dive in on mortgage. With, uh, with my brother who happens to own a mortgage company, been in the business for 20 years. So we're gonna talk about how mortgage relates to the hobby. Next month, uh, I have a, a pretty big guest lined up. So lots of stuff, we're really trying hard. It's been $10 a month since the beginning. We're not raising the price on that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. If you're interested, over 200 people, we really try hard to make this an awesome community and like the meetups are gonna be off the hook. I know that uh, Mark's working so hard on uh, making those fun and he is the king of fun so uh, they will be fun absolutely uh in the live chat julie says you guys have
2: the best content and she's been a member of the group since the beginning and she's actually our diamond spotlight member uh coming up in a couple weeks so looking forward to chatting with her
1: very self-serving julie (laughs)
0: way to, she has to start, uh, you know, start putting it out there now. But I did want to just take a couple minutes here. That's it. I mean, is this a commercial? Maybe, but it's a cool community. And when we talk about Patreon, I want people to know, yeah, they have meetups. Yeah, they have weekly content. Yeah, they have these private groups. That's what they're doing. And uh, we'd love to have anybody who wants to try And uh, if you don't, we're still going to be streaming the podcast uh, to the main Facebook group and uh, doing all of the other content that we do on the website and uh, everywhere else as well, and the YouTube channel and and everything else. So thanks so much to all of our Patreon supporters and the the members of the community, and uh, we hope to see some new members in there soon. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Let's head into Rapid Fire. Mark, uh, start us off.
2: Yeah, mine is uh, Zoe wrote an article, Common Mistakes... 13 common mistakes tourists make when visiting Japan don't do these Uh, so some good stuff in there stuff you wouldn't even really think about like don't eat on local trains Uh, it's considered room if you have a backpack on on a train uh, make sure you drop it down in front of you so it doesn't take up space for somebody standing because they, they get pretty packed so a lot of little tips like that that you wouldn't really even think about or consider Um, But it's something, you know, when you go to a a new country, you want to get immersed in their culture and follow their, however they normally handle things. So she gives you some good tips, some things to look out for when you're there. Definitely check it out. Hopefully we can get her to do some more. She did uh, for South Korea a couple weeks ago. So hopefully we get her to add a couple more to the list. So I always find those interesting. How about you, Joe?
1: Yeah. So Benji wrote an article about Discover retention bonuses and kind of Uh, You know, the term he uses is that they are low hanging fruit. Of course, you should always be looking for retention bonuses on all your cards. But I think Discover is one I don't think about a lot, especially because a lot of their and Benji points this out. A lot of the cards have no annual fee. So you don't think about that. And so, you know, I thought it was a good article, especially for a lot of people pick up Discover and they just hold it for that first year. But definitely think about uh, doing retention offers. What about you, Sean?
0: I wanted to, in talking about uh, Zoe's article, I love that in the in the rules she talks about don't break the rules at the onsen because I think going to a Japanese onsen like a hot spring is like the coolest thing ever. And she also had an article what a week or two ago, all about like going to an onsen and how to do it. And if you're going to Japan, highly recommend doing that, going to an onsen, having that experience. And uh, so check out that article uh, as well, even though that wasn't my. My rapid fire for this week. My rapid fire. You know fire we talked is, about that last week, right?
2: Yeah. I'm yeah, sure I know. It was rapid
0: fire. <laughs> he no, just I know. To I'm highlight just. It again. Well, people don't yeah. listen to every episode, and That's That's every. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Cover up your tattoos if you go on the onsen. Sorry. But my rapid fire for this week is Mark and I had our our this week's episode of MTM Vegas. We talked about how everything's opening up to 100%. Maskless. You know what Vegas is like right now. How things are moving forward. There's a lot of news. A lot of things changing. So if you're interested at all in Vegas, check out MTM Vegas uh, YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. We do our MTM Vegas uh, podcast every week, but uh, a lot of uh, relevant information to to COVID and opening up uh, in there this week. And that's gonna do it uh, for us this week. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As A Joe Flies on social media. You can
1: find my Disney podcast at Disney Deciphered. Dot com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, contact me if you need help booking a Disney vacation. The Disney Wish, the new cruise line, uh, the new cruise ship is uh, starting booking now. What about you, Mark?
2: It looks pretty cool, too. I saw some pictures today when I was trying to find some articles for Around the Web, and it didn't make it today, but it'll probably make it in a future one. But it looks really beautiful.
0: 1600 bucks for a two-night cruise on that thing.
2: so Yeah, so it's a pass, but it does look <laughs> nice. No, no, no. The 1600 bucks for a two-night
1: cruise is the <laughs> about on the, the UK... No, yeah. in the UK they're doing uh, cruises where cruise to nowhere type of thing. Cruise to nowheres oh, in uh, the no. UK. I actually, I mean, I was I, like, I, mean, sh- I was shocked that Disney Wish prices are only a couple hundred dollars more than the other uh, ships. That's right now as they book up, it'll get more expensive. But we'll see what it's like in two weeks. Of course, anyway. the other ships are ten grand, so it's just ten grand, three hundred dollars. But yeah, I mean, fair point. I-, I have Disney Blinders on. Sorry, Mark, go ahead.
2: Yeah, those cruises and flights to nowhere. I know people that just love being on a plane or on a cruise ship, you know, they probably love them, but not for me. Definitely not for me. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at DetroitMark. Email me, Mark, at miles 2 You know, come to the website, comment there. I'll get back to you there. Join our Facebook groups, Patreon. Uh, lots of ways, public profile, so you can message me on Facebook. Hopefully I see it because, you know, Facebook's weird if you're not friends where the message goes, and sometimes I miss those, but um, lots of ways to get a hold of me. How about
0: you, Sean? Mark always claims that he never sees my messages on Facebook. I think he's just ignoring me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think you said it all. MilesToMemories.com. We have links to everything, all of our articles, all of our podcasts, videos, content uh, can be found there. Thanks so much uh, to everybody who is in our community, who watches us live, who listens to us, who reads the website. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we're glad that we uh, we sort of survived this last uh, year and uh, looking forward to being able to talk about a lot more travel and interesting things uh, going forward. So thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. The B guy is here. Bye. <laughs>
1: If you are fully vaccinated, the CDC, the CDC, CDC, it's going to be CDC.